Hey guys, just want to take a quick break to talk about Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about it, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Uh, we use it here at Purple Octopus Red Sweater, and it's been awesome. Um, so yeah, let me just explain a couple things about Anchor. Um, they have the best tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, this is my first time editing a podcast, and Anchor has made it super easy for me to uh, edit. Um, while hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on all platforms like Spotify, Apple, and uh, much more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So head over to the App Store now and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. See you guys. Three, two, one. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 11 of the Purple Octopus Red Sweater Podcast. My name's Evan, joined by Wes as always. Wes, how are you? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? Doing well. Um, so... We're gonna, we'll come back to this because it's happening in live time, but the Lions are up by two against the Vikings late in the fourth quarter. See if they can hold out. Um, so uh, we, we, this is our second take of this episode. Reason being we didn't publish the first one was because we are both a little tipsy. Um, tipsy is putting it kindly. <laughs> and I think that uh, things got off the rail, but we did have some good talk. So we're going to try to, uh, you know, talk about everything that we did before. And, the first thing that we talked about last episode or last time we tried to record this episode was are the Red Wings good or bad? And I'm going to change my opinion, but I want to hear from you first. Uh, yeah, I guess, like I said, uh, I mean, they look good They're uh, I don't think like, I don't know that they're a playoff team, but they might be, man. They might fucking be. Yeah. I think. Like, how about fucking first off ciders fucking blasting OT last night. That was a – that's a professional hockey player. I like, a, like, I just love the – like, all the guys were coming to him, and he just had his arms up. Like, yeah, I know. I did it. Because like, he knows he can do that shit. Dude, he dominated I know, overtime. What, and didn't I say last week, shoot the fucking puck more? I still want him to shoot it more, but, hey, he's got four goals. It's all right. Dude, the way he controls the puck when, when he has space is, like, so impressive. He dominated the entire overtime when he's on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, but my opinion about this team right now, I kind of agree with you. Um, I don't think they are good. Um, they're, they're on a heater right now. They won five straight, like things are coming, not a big deal, but at the same time, they are like miserable on offense. They play such pussy hockey in the third period where they let teams attack them and they're just not good enough to play like that. Um, but in this team is very much so driven by five players in Bertuzzi, Larkin, Raymond Sider, Nettie, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Ned's playing so, fucking unbelievable. Oh my god, I love this guy. He's so fucking good. Yeah. Oh my Dude, god. If, yeah. Oh. If, if our tandem of the future is Kosa and Netty, like we're in for a treat. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. It's looking that way too. Like more and more every day it's trending that way. Um but yeah, I kinda wanted to talk about like the playoffs because are in a playoff spot, but I do want to do something. So I'm looking at points right now on the NHL. All the teams that are in a playoff spot are, have a plus goal differential. The Red Wings are a minus seven. The only team in the playoffs with a minus goal differential. That scares me because that will catch up to us. Yeah, it's going to, it doesn't scare me because I wasn't expecting to be a playoff team and I don't want to be a playoff team. Like, uh, yeah, I fucking said it, man. I want another fucking high pick. I agree too. And the reason I think I was I was thinking what we'd get this year and next year might be good picks, but next year I, I don't know, man. Especially that, if we that, get a top like if we can get somebody this year that makes the team next year. I think like, someone, we're not we're a playoff team next year. Then that that's what that, that's what I would say. I think next year we are a playoff team. We're gonna add Jacob Verano. We're gonna add uh Simon yeah. Edvinson. We're gonna lose a lot of dead weight. Then if at the yeah, deadline, guys like still... the Kaiser and uh, yeah. I mean, I I almost this... said Stall, but Stall's fucking playing good, man. Actually, somebody Stahl, yeah. somebody had messaged into the fucking uh, the Instagram, so uh, I don't have who uh, I don't. I'm not gonna say who it was their Instagram name, but um, they said Letty's the only player on the team that we would be able to move at the deadline. And I thought, what are you talking, dude? He's not even the only fucking defenseman we could move at the deadline. Like Stall, yeah, Stall could probably be not. moved at the deadline, um, yeah. and then he's like, "Who do you guys think? Oh, the Kaiser's going to get moved?" Fabry. And I said, "No, I don't think the Kaiser's going to get moved." But uh, no yeah, Fabry could be moved. Nemesnikov could be moved. Anybody with an expiring contract that knows how to play hockey still. 
Yeah, and honestly, like, I don't think they're – we'll get to this later, actually. I don't want to talk about it right now. But um, back to, like, next year, I think we are a playoff team next year because, like I said, we're going to add Verona. We're going to add Simon Edmondson. If we are still fighting for a playoff spot at the deadline, I can see Eisenman making a small move to sure up the back end. So that, that gets rid of DDK or Osterley's role, and we have a guy who's competent on that, that second pair. Yeah. Um, and then in the offseason, too – we have so much fucking money. We could do a lot of things. We could take on another cap cap hit, take on a bad contract for assets, or we can go out and sign someone who's going to play meaningful minutes next year. So yeah, I don't know. Sure. It'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, we can talk about uh, the game from last night. Uh, this is a prime example of why I don't think that uh, the Red Wings are good because New York played – probably one of the worst games I've ever seen and it took overtime to beat them. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, obviously the most cider play was great. Um, the hit on most cider that drew the penalty was dirty. The Adam Ernie killed a man on live TV oh. last night. Oh, did he ever run over Bavillier? Eh? Fuck. That, that a nice cool. hit too. That team reminds me of like, Old school flyers. They're dirty and they're just not good. <laughs> Who? The Islanders. Oh, the Islanders. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the Isles, though, too. They're, you know, they play that scrappy kind of fucking game. And I mean, not to say that they're not good because they've been in the fucking conference finals the last couple of years, but uh, yeah, they're not, yeah. They're not looking hot right now. I should say right now. Yeah. They look like ass. That's, I think that's only the second time I've watched them this entire year. And, um, yeah, very much so not impressed by them. And I don't know. They have, like, the, the roster to be good. I, they'll click eventually, but whatever. Yeah, and Giovanni Smith has been, uh, like, I mean, I know he scored last night. He seems like every, uh, he's maximizing the minutes that he's getting. Like, more minutes mm-hmm. given to him, and, he, and he's doing things with him. He's not just going out there playing three or two or two to five, whatever it may be, uh, meaningless extra minutes that he wouldn't have played the prior game. He's, he's making shit count. I mean, he's he's been good, and a lot of people have been saying he sucks, man. I don't. He doesn't suck. He's a he's a fucking fourth liner. No, he's not going to be a top six guy, but uh, he's a fucking he's a glue guy, man. You need him. You need them. He's good on the PK. Well, I wouldn't say great. He's good on the PK. Um, like you said, you said it perfectly. He maximizes his minutes. Like when when that line, that fourth line, is playing well, it's like a really really important part of the Red Wings team, like the foundation of this team. And. Yeah. I mean, just so, somebody playing in uh, the role that Smith is, man. You need guys like that. To, to You don't win a Stanley Cup without guys like that. Uh, not saying exactly. Giovanni, John, Giovanni particularly, but, uh, you know, it's really kind of his first, like, full season. So, you know, fuck. Like, let him get into the role. Let him take the fucking role. Let this team define themselves a little more. And Giovanni's going to be a good player, I think, for us, for, for hopefully for uh, a good while. And I think it's pretty clear that both Lashell and Iserman see something with Smith or else he wouldn't be here still, you know? Like, they see a future where he's on this team when we're competing for Cups, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, you look at their record, what are we, 13, 9, and 3 or something? Yeah. 12, 9, and 3, something like that. Um, You know, it it reflects a team that's going through uh, ups and downs uh, Mm. and battling growing pains, obviously, on a young, young roster. A very young roster. I think we have the youngest roster in the league, actually. I thought I heard somebody saying that. Could be wrong. I never really looked into it myself. But uh, I know you're not going to want to hear it. It's not something I really want to say. But um, I got to show a little love to Jeff Blaschel because he's not, um, he's not, you know, this team hasn't just turned around and he's not been a part of it. You know, he's he's doing stuff. And the team is, not that they're turned around, but a lot better team. And, and Blaschel does owe, is owed some credit for that. Uh, and I don't think that I don't even know that I don't think Eiserman resigns him next year. So don't don't think ah oh, I think fucking you know Blaschel's the savior people. I don't, uh, but I think he does deserve some credit for for the team's uh, success. Uh, you know, at least a hell of a lot better than we've been in the previous years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's the guy that's going to lead us to the Stanley Cup. But um, no. I mean, it, he's proved that he's good with the young guys. Um, but I, you know. Also, um, you know, he's been around, what, five years or so, six years? Six years, yeah. Uh, you know, you need a new voice at one point. And also, he's not Eiserman's guy. Let's not forget that, right? Eiserman's not the guy that brought him in. So, Eiserman doesn't – probably wouldn't, you know, be, 
have any uh, trouble being uh, sorry, Jeff, you're gone. Yeah. Right. And I think that's very clear too. I think they both are on the same page, but this is one of the things about the Red Wings that we disagree on. Um, I think that Blaschel is, he's an okay coach. He's terrible at developing talent. That, that's been shown time and time again. Um, I think he does deserve credit for sometimes his deployment's good. But in the third period, late in games, when it's a tie game, we're down by one, and Michael Rasmussen's out there, and the fourth line is being thrown out there. Like, that doesn't make sense. That's not – Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Yep. And don't get me wrong. I, I agree with you. Jeff Blaschel has been significantly better this year. And that – I think um, – was the assistant coach we just hired um oh fucking alex tangay what a yeah, fucking yeah, beauty yeah. i love that guy I, yeah, he, you I know what him. he was a very good player um he played yeah. in tampa bay when i was there um when i lived there and i had season tickets i got to see him play uh you know uh my dad and i used to go to all, all kinds of games and yeah uh, yeah uh he was a good player he was a good player for a long time with the avalanche as well yeah um I and he was, to... he, i mean he was a fucking penalty killing god too alex was, tangay yeah. So, uh, but I mean, they, so to, to go from where, uh, like, like, I don't think Blaschel's a great coach and no, I don't think he's been the best at developing, but I mean, you gotta look like he was really put to the test when he was thrown in. Right. Because we're looking at what, like Larkin, Bertuzzi, um, Ronick, uh, Mantha and Athena see you, um, you know, and those players and only, only a few of those guys are still with the team. So obviously his methods aren't always, uh, you know, fucking hitting the nail on the head, but there's an argument to be made that uh, he, if someone doesn't reach a potential, it might not be Blaschel's fault. And, and the rest of that roster also was filled with guys that were on the back nine of their fucking careers. Right. Um, 100%, yeah. So yeah, I don't think he's around next year, but uh, you know, I'll give him some love where it's due right now because he's, he's doing well. And I mean, you know, it's not all Eiserman, it's not all the players and it's not all Blaschel when they're bad. Uh, you know, it's a mixture of things. He hasn't yeah. been, he hasn't been God awful. He hasn't been like, why is this no, like, yeah. the last couple of years? I was like, why is this guy even behind the fucking bench? Like he's not right. going to be behind the bench in the next game. They're going to fire him. That's how bad he is. Uh, and he's not that bad this year. So it's obviously it's, it's different with talent and all that, but uh, I don't know. Will he win the Jack Adams? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a joke, but that. fuck you. No, but he, but, he but if could. the team makes the fucking playoffs. Could. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, then that's a turnaround, man. Can we just wait one second? I mean, and the rebuild's over in Ottawa, so. That's true. You're right. Um, quick check-in on the Lions. They went for a fourth and one on their own 18-yard line, uh, fumbled the ball, and Minnesota is eight yards away from scoring now to win the game. First and goal on the nine, yep. Um, lost my turn, I thought. Oh, yeah, so I looked up the uh, youngest rosters. The Red Wings are the fifth youngest. Um, okay. Two years ago, 2019-2020, uh, they were the oldest team, so awesome turnaround there. Yeah. Uh, some teams that are younger than us, which I think is a bit shocking, uh, I think. The New York Rangers are younger than us. Um, yeah. Columbus is younger. I can see that. Ottawa's younger. Um, and then New Jersey is the youngest team in the league, which is uh, I think that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I can see that. Um, um, but, oh, fucking good yeah, job to the Rangers. Ahead. Yeah, well. Uh, okay, so – uh, I, I don't know. I guess we'll do at the end of the episode. We'll go around the league. Uh, let's just keep on wings for right now. Other than uh, just want, shout out fucking Gronkowski because he was four with two touchdowns today. Fuck yeah. Attaboy. That's how you play football. Uh, some more stuff that we talked about the first time we recorded this episode. Um, Larkin's for real. For real he's going to be our one C unless like something crazy happens and we get Shane Wright and or another, um, you know, elite center. Uh, yeah. Now, how, do you think uh, Bertuzzi being out last night, like, did, could you – did you notice, like, shit, we need him? Yeah, oh, 100%. And I was yeah. thinking to myself, uh, late in the third period, like, can you imagine if we had another top six winger right now, what this game would look like? Yeah, like, with Ber- Bertuzzi out, it would be awesome if Vrana was there. Right, exactly. And, hey, he was back on the ice on uh, Thursday – or Friday, by the way. I did not see that. That's fucking awesome, though. Yeah, so that's really good news. Uh, just kind of, and also, uh, I know we said we'd wait, but uh, just to speak on that too, Thursday Eichel was on the ice, so that's good mm-hmm. news for for not only for Las Vegas and for Jack Eichel. Uh, it's good for the United States and it's good for hockey. Yeah, it's good for hockey. Um, uh, see, we talked about this last last time we recorded too, but 
I don't know if Vegas is going to let Jack Eichel go to the Olympics. I know like that he's a big Olympic guy. He always wants to play for uh, the Stars and Stripes. But I don't know that he'd be ready enough. I I think that he would. Yeah. He would probably be like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not game ready yet. Like I'm not. And I mean, yeah, it's you're not going to be. You know, he's going to be a fucking target because it's an All Star tournament. You know, when when right. you're playing Russia, when you're playing Sweden, Canada, and Finland, and the Czechs even. Uh, the they're going and and I mean. If you what's that sorry? I said the and the Germans and the Germans, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just thinking like you got somebody say uh, Canada's playing the U.S. Um, uh, maybe uh, just to think that maybe if if Doughty's on Canada, Doughty's gonna go fucking hard taking Eichel to the corner, and he's gonna try to fucking yeah. Uh, he's not gonna try to ruin him, but you want him out of the game. You do. You want guys out of the game. I don't care if they're your friends or what they are. They're better. They're fucking good. And you need, you want them out of the game. You want to control them. And there's no better way to control them than to take them out of the game. And and I'm not going to say Dowdy's going to go and fucking hurt them or anything or, uh, you know, purposely do something crazy, but throw them into the fucking boards extra hard. You would. Yeah, no, I think you said that perfectly. I, and I agree too. Um, but yeah, I also wanted to talk about, and then, um, you know what, sorry, to, but that's a big risk for the Americans, too, because you go to an Olympics and you lose a player. Now you're out. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You're down that player. It's not like, oh, we'll call up the next guy. <laughs> right. Nope, you brought your fucking roster and you're fucked. That's actually a good point, too, because you're going to give up. I, I I wouldn't, I can't name, like, who it would be, but you're giving up X player to bring on that risk. Not risk, right. but exactly. you're, you're not, Yeah, and it's not in the NHL where it's like, oh, we'll just give up a fourth liner. It's like, well, no, everybody on – Canada and the USA is pretty much the top six guys. And if you want to think about it that way, you're essentially, if Eichel does go down, you're losing technically two players. The guy that you gave up for Eichel, because you can't call him back up. So yeah, yeah. yeah tough spot. Uh, some trade rumor stuff that was in uh, the news the last couple of days, uh, you know, heading into last week. Um, Jake DeBrusque seems like he's on his way out of Boston. Uh, Detroit has been rumored as a team that's like possibly interested in him. Uh, we talked about it at length the first time we recorded, so we can kind of summarize that. Yeah, well, I don't think it happens. Do you? No, probably. I don't. Not. I just like I said uh, the other day. Um, he he's he's a top six guy, and we don't have a top six spot. If if anything, we need to open a top six spot for Verana. So bringing DeBruskin doesn't make sense because there's not a spot for him. Um, very good player. I'd love to have him, but again, uh, you know, even if we. Fabry, who's I, I think is who comes out of the top six when uh, when Verona comes in. So yeah, you know you're not really either either Sutter or or Verona, so or or Fabry rather when Fa- when Verona comes back. So you're you're not helping yourself really. You're just, I mean, yeah, he's an improvement on Fabry, uh, but Fabry's playing great. Um, but yeah, again, again, like DeBrusque isn't going to want to come into Detroit and then go, oh yeah, by the way, I'm going to the third line when Verona comes back, eh? No, he's pissed because he ain't playing in fucking Boston. He wants to be a top fucking guy, and he can be a top guy on a lot of teams in the league. See, yeah, that's what we disagreed not, on. Not the top, top guy, but he's, he's a yeah, top yeah, six top guy six. on most teams in the league, and that's what he wants. I mean, you know, uh, Val Filpula left Detroit because he wasn't getting special teams time. Well, sorry, your other centers are Zetterberg and Datsuk. Sorry, Philip, you just you're not getting special team time. That's all there is to it. Yeah, this is where we disagree with DeBrusque. Like, I agree with some of those points, but I do think that he would slot in on a third line. In Touchdown Vikings, sorry. Yep, there it is. <laughs> and they pissed that game away. But yeah, I It's like they have every fucking game. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, sorry, back uh, to DeBrusque. Yeah. yeah, no, I think he would be a third line guy here. And especially when Verona comes back, it'll probably be around the same time that a trade is done that Verona's coming back. So you have to find space for two of those guys. Who's taking uh, precedent? Um, of getting a top six role is definitely Verano over Nebraska. So you move Fabry down with, um, you know, to the third line as well, probably. Uh, but my point about Nebraska is that he thrives when he's playing with good talent. And when he's not, he's just not a, a super effective player. And that's, you're not going to get that in Detroit playing. And, and line, so. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing right now, right? Is he's not being productive because why? Oh, because Craig, took off. Craig, was mm-hmm. the guy that, and I mean, Nebraska is a good player. But Krejci was a, uh, you know, wingers need a centerman. Like everybody right. likes to talk. Um, one of the one of the easiest points to make, rather, is is Danny Heatley scoring back to back fifty goal seasons with Ottawa, and then never coming close to the mark ever again. He never ever had a center like Jason Spezza ever again, though. Yeah, 
Like he, he didn't, you know, he had good players in San Jose uh, for the little time that he was there, but he wasn't getting those top minutes with a centerman like Spezza who, and at the point Spezza was still in much in the fucking prime of his career. So yeah, he just never got another. So yeah, it's, it's hard when a winger loses that center that's been making them or helping them look so good, not making them look good, but helping them. And Verona's, yeah. Verona's lost David Krejci and, and the Bruins, it's a, it's a hit for the Bruins too, that they've lost Krejci, but I mean, they're still a good fucking team and everybody knows that. I could see DeBrusque going to like an LA Kings or a team like that, that could use another top six uh, you know, Edmonton, baby, forward. Edmonton. Oh, that's a good point. Get that's rolling point. in the fucking. Did you see the video of uh, uh, Crosby in Edmonton the other night? And he was in, walking through the arena and he stopped and he was chit-chatting with the uh, uh, Edmonton Oil Kings, the WHL team? No. Oh, yeah. He stopped and he was like, hey, what's going on, guys? And he just stopped and talked to them for like five or ten minutes, I guess. Um, cool. I saw Kosa was there. I couldn't make out who anybody else was, but Kosa was one of the guys. I thought, you know, that's cool. That's That's huge for Crosby. And – and, you know, the little time that it takes out of Crosby's day, those guys playing juniors, a lot of those guys are never going to go anywhere. But, hey, Sidney Crosby stopped by and said, what's up? That, that you know is, what I mean? Yeah, that's, that, that's nothing from Crosby's time, and it does everything for a young hockey player. And those are guys that grew up, like, with Crosby in his prime. Right, you know, right. Crosby that's that's the their guy. guy. That's the guy they yeah. love. That was, you know, I, I was Iserman and Gretzky growing up, and, you know, yeah. And yeah. you, you were a little after that. I, I mean, was Dotsuk, Zetterberg, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I loved those guys, too, but they weren't the guys when I was a kid. You know, I was drooling over the TV at. That was that was Eiserman and Fedorov and Lindstrom and, and obviously. I wish I got to and... see those guys play, man. I got to see a little bit of Lindstrom, but, like, not as much as I'd like to. I remember seeing um, Eiserman play, but, like, I, I wasn't at the age where I could, like, diagnose his game and, like, really appreciate it for what it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can um, remember, but, uh, I want to think it was like the, was this last year, the 06 playoffs um, when he broke his foot and the trainer was like, okay, come down to the dressing room. Well, let's get your skate off. And I remember sitting on the bench. He's like, I'm not taking my fucking skate off because it won't go back on and I'm not playing and I'm not going to sit out. Like, yeah. Tough I mean, that's your captain. That's a gamer. That's just, no, fuck you. My foot's broken. And if it comes out of the skate, it ain't getting back in there. So I going to have to keep it on for the rest of the night. Yeah. And. I don't think people outside of Detroit know like how important um, Steve Eisman is to the city, to the franchise. Like he's our Lord and savior, you know? Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Like <laughs> he saved the franchise him coming back. It was like, yeah. Oh my God, this is it. Like, I think everybody kind of knew he would come back at one point when the Holland uh, thing was, when Holland decided to move on. Um, everybody was expecting, but, and everybody kind of got met. Oh, Eisman never should have left. Well, you know what? He wasn't just going to sit idle behind Holland for 12 right, years. Exactly. He went, he went and proved, Hey, I'm the best. I'm the best right now. I learned from the best and now I'm taking over. He built a fucking dynasty in Tampa. He doesn't get his name on those cups, but I mean, his fingerprints are all over him. That's his. Yeah. That, I mean, technically that is his team. Yeah. Yeah. That he built. And I mean, especially the first one. And I mean, Hey, Julian Breezewell learned from Iserman and uh, you know, Iserman left him with all the pieces needed. I think Breezeball is going to be really good in Tampa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, though, you Still go is. there with that team built. It's like, ah, you know, how bad could you look? <laughs> True. It's just the hardest part about being a GM, in my opinion, is, like, asset management. And, like, he seems to be doing a pretty good job of, with it so far. So, um, I did want to talk about a couple more trade rumors. A big one that hits home to me, Dylan Strom, um, is probably out in Chicago um, before at the deadline. Uh, I again, I don't think that this is going to be a trade for the Red Wings, but I would love to see Dylan Strom in the Wings. I love the Stroms also. Yep. Yeah, they're they're Dylan just Dylan will take good Ryan. Uh, yeah, Ugh. and they're like one of those players that they just get better and better every game that they play. They're one of the few players that you can like notice them like reading plays down the ice through the neutral zone, picking up like um you know a pass against the boards like getting in repositioning against the boards for puck battles like they're i don't know i really really like them yeah i like the Stroms as well um they i I, yeah i don't see them being in detroit but uh yeah i definitely wouldn't mind yeah i mean do you think there is going to be much let's say everything stays the way it is we're battling boston for that last wild card spot do you think there is like a reality that we go out and make well, I guess I'm going to ask, what type of move do you think we'd make if we're still battling for a playoff spot at the deadline? Um, 
whatever he can do that doesn't give up any assets that uh, are valuable to us. You know what I mean? He's not going to go and move a guy just to get a guy that might be a rental because we're in a playoff spot. Yeah, I don't uh, think any rentals are coming. To yeah, Detroit, that's for no, sure. no, no. He uh, because you have to give up prospects with that, and he's not gonna fucking touch our prospects right now because he loves to build. He doesn't like. I mean, he he's in Tampa. He's not. He's not a free agent guy, man. He fucking yeah. drafts and he builds the team that way, or he signs undrafted guys. Uh, you know, before they even get a fucking chance anywhere. And, he signs uh, and trades for uh, former first-round draft picks that aren't getting big enough roles, like uh, AKA Robbie Fabry, guys like that. Yeah, and he gave up fucking Jacob De La Rose for Fabry, who we got the year before off waivers. So something like that. Yeah, but no, he's not gonna, he's not gonna move anybody. You know, like, oh, uh, yeah, okay. Well, we don't know how good Soderblom will be. He's not gonna toss out somebody like Soderblom before he knows. Oh fuck no, he's not. Uh, Soderblom's one of the guys that. Yeah, but I do think. Yeah, Probably. but before this year, I don't think Soderblom was high in the prospect pool. All of a sudden this year, it's like, oh, hey, <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he's good. Totally. <laughs> yeah, and I think there is going to come a time. Like this is, this reminds this team reminds me a lot of uh, Chicago, like in 07, 08, where they're stacking up on all these prospects, these international stars, and they could make these moves where you could package prospects for players that are going to make a big difference in your top six or top four. Um, and we're getting to a point when we are going to be competitive, more competitive than now, where we're going to have a plethora of, um, you know, really good prospects at essentially every position where you can package them and, you know, a draft pick and get, um, you know, a pretty good player in return. So that, I'm looking forward to those days. That's for sure. Yeah, for, yeah, definitely. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, Zadina, he's like allergic to scoring goals. Um, he missed that breakaway against the Kraken, I believe. He drew the hook, got the penalty, so good for him on that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we talk about it all the time. Something's got to click, and I think that that window for that um, scoring touch to click is getting tighter and tighter. What do you kind of see his uh, future being in Detroit? Oh, I think it's looking like he could be a guy that gets moved. What do you think he'd get? With Eiserman making the trade, uh, at least a, ta- a high second. <laughs> yeah, I like if not more, but um, yeah, you know, realistically, um, you know, somebody else like him that's not, um, you know, doing something like I could see. Uh, may I don't think it would happen, but I would love. Uh, Eiserman to uh, move Zadina if he could uh, move Zadina to uh, take a chance on uh, Vitalik Krivsev from uh, New York. I, I honestly wouldn't hate that. I mean, you, we'd probably have to throw something else, but throw a fucking third. It's not like we don't have 100 picks in the next two years. Fuck. Yeah, we have like 18 third-round picks, so like, yeah, get rid of one of those. Uh, but I do think that we're on the same page with Zadina and like a lot of the younger guys like Rasmussen, like – we'd rather have them here than be moved out somewhere else and give them more shots before this team is like ready to compete for a Stanley cup. Yeah, exactly. Try make sure Zadina is a bust before you go up. We're done with them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Make sure that if they do go somewhere else, they're not going to score 30 goals and put up like 55 points a year. You know, that, that sort of thing. Exactly. Because if, fucking Carolina isn't already kicking themselves about stealing Ned. They're going to be by the end of the season. I mean, how Ron, um, not Ron Francis. Who's the GM? Um, well, Brandon Moore's the coach. Yeah. I can't think of who their GM is. I can't think of his name, uh, it, but yeah, go ahead. Either way. Yeah. They got to be looking at that, that trade right now and being like, uh, yeah, Don yeah, Waddell. Don Waddell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don Waddell's kicking himself. Cause that, that's looking like an absolute fleecing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay for, for a third yeah yeah oh also uh as far as like the calder slash like rookie scoring race goes trevor zegris is uh very quickly catching up to lucas raymond even though raymond's still playing really 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 good hockey so that'll be interesting uh mo cider keeps getting better every game i do want to bring up something with uh mo that we didn't talk about uh the last time we recorded this episode but i don't know what it is with mo but there are times throughout the game and this is like very very nitpicky 99 percent of his game is like positive and really good 
but it's I can't tell if he's either banged up a little bit, tired, or lazy sometimes, especially against the boards. Have you noticed that, or is that just me being like a little picky bitch? Yeah, I think you're really picky on things. Um, yeah, that not to say, but um, I mean, he had a brutal fucking turnover last night. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like, no, yeah, thank God they, you know, wasn't capitalized on. But I mean, you know, he's he's a rookie playing a lot of fucking minutes, and you know. Uh, he's he's doing it. So yeah, if he gets a little tired sometimes, I mean, I uh, you can't hate him yeah. for it. He's fucking out there busting his fucking balls. No, and like the reason I brought this up is because if you told us in like August that we'd be sitting in a playoff spot, we would have three of the best rookies in the NHL, basically fighting each other for the Calder. I would be happy that I'm looking at things like this. Like this guy's obviously going to be a top defenseman in the league for a very, very long time. And like I said, 99% of his game is positive. Yeah. But I think it's important to like, look at these guys as like humans. Like they're not gods. Like they're not perfect. So I don't know. Just like little things like well, that. Exactly. And I mean, the, to think, to say about the three rookies, like we were, we didn't even, we didn't even know that fucking Raymond would be on the NHL team this year. Exactly. We thought he'd at least start in Grand Rapids, if not play a season down there. And <laughs> no, He's dominating yeah, he's, the fucking NHL. Star. Yeah, he's a star. But, he's hey, you know what? Like, I, I had a conversation with one of my buddies, and he's like, ah, he doesn't impress me. He, I'm waiting what? for him to do something. And I'm like, he doesn't watch a lot of the games. Um, oh, okay. And I'm like, well, dude, he's not going to – you're not going to see him flash around in and out of people. That's not his game. He gets to the fucking yeah. net, and then he puts it in. And my buddy's like, yeah, I'm waiting. You know, he's waiting for some Datsuki and shit. And I'm like, that that's just not Raymond, man. He's not going to wow you with uh, all the time. Um, you know, he has made some moves that it's like, oh, okay, yes. But he's not doing it constantly like McDavid is or, you know, right. not to put him on a, on a level with that. But to say that he's that good of a player and he's not uh, weaving in and out of traffic and dangling and toe-hooking around everybody. And uh, uh, no, but he's, he's doing what he has to do and he's doing it properly and, and very good. So I don't give a shit if he doesn't look like Pavel Datsuk. <laughs> I think, yeah, like the stuff that he should be impressed by is like his extremely quick shot. His wrister is unreal. His one-timer is awesome. And he makes plays out of nothing. That one goal where he spun around right in front of the net and scored yeah. that goal, that that wasn't a scoring opportunity. But he made that a scoring opportunity. No, I think a lot of his goals I don't think have been scoring opportunities. He's kind of outside of the slot or, or too close right. to the goalie when he's like – like he had one where he was at the top of the crease and he roofed it. And I'm like, what are you thinking? And it yeah. went in, and I'm like, "How the fuck did the goalie not get that from three feet, away, like three inches away?" But yeah, fuck, he knows how to string it, man. And I think the one of the most important parts about uh, Mo and uh, Raymond's game is that they're so smart, and that's something that you can't teach. Like Rasmussen's not, no offense, Rasmussen, he's not a smart hockey player. Like these guys were born with like that, just like eye for the game. They can see plays develop. Um, so yeah, that's something that's like yeah. There's there's intangibles that certain players have that you can never teach. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely clear to see that those guys like think the game at a very high level. Like yeah, and I mean that that has to go into how good Eiserman is. You know, even in a draft interview process, to think that he snagged Cider and everybody was like, "What the fuck is he taking this guy for?" Like even the other NHL teams were like, "This guy's not on our list." <laughs> Right, exactly. And now Eisenman's making everyone look fucking stupid, and he's making As fucking he does. he's making three teams look stupid for with Lucas Raymond too, because I mean, okay, Quentin Byfield's hurt. Uh, Raymond right now has uh, had a better career right now than Lafreniere and Stutzel. Oh, hundred percent, yeah. And oh, I mean, yeah. they've been playing for over a season, and he's in his first. Um, I kind of want to go through the schedule real quick. I mean, okay, Lafreniere has. 27 career points wow in 79 games what raymond this year has 22 and 25 games so he's only five points off of lafreniere in 24 games yeah or whatever you said yeah and stutzel has 40 points in 75 games so i mean he's even better than fucking lafreniere yeah oh yeah definitely and the rebuild over there rebuilds over there yeah people forget also, wonder- some some guy. Uh, before I forget, some guy. I think it was yesterday. Uh, uh, wrote into the Instagram and asked. Uh, he wanted our opinion on uh, the. He said the rebuild, and then he said um, when Pierre Maguire will get fired in Ottawa. 
And I thought that you're a fucking idiot, buddy. Pierre Dorian, not Pierre Maguire. But uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. Just let somebody know that they're fucking stupid. And Pierre Maguire is not the Ottawa general manager. Yeah. What 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 is his role? Uh, he's the uh, vice president of player development. Yeah. Um, I understand that he is um, one of the top candidates for Montreal's vacant GM job. Is he French? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think he go. speaks French. I don't, I, I don't. I don't even think he's Canadian, but he is. He does speak French, I believe. Um, and you know what? Uh, I'd love to hit a hate on Pierre too, but um, you know, if you look at his fucking career, man, uh, you know, he uh, he was an assistant coach with the Penguins uh, when they won two Stanley Cups. He was Scotty Bowman's assistant coach. Um, he was also um, a top scout who was responsible for um, scouting Yarmer Yager. So, like, Yarmer not fucking stupid. He, he yeah. sounds stupid, but he's smart. You know what? I don't – I get how, like, announcers are hated. Like, Jack Edwards, that guy is, like, just – he's not good. He sucks. But I think Premier, Pierre Maguire got a lot of hate for no reason. Like, I like that guy. He's, he's at least, if not, if nothing, he makes it. He makes you laugh during the game. Like, what the fuck are yeah, you talking? Yeah. Like, he says smart things. He just likes to. He always likes to make sure everybody knows that he knows everything about every player from the time they were born. Yeah, <laughs> true. He's like, yeah, I was in a gym with this guy when he was twelve, playing like yeah. legit or something like about yeah. like and every player in the league. If you don't know what fucking junior or college team somebody played for, call Pierre. Because he's mm-hmm. on it all the oh yeah Jordan Eberle I loved watching him play junior hockey yeah, I don't even know where the fuck Eberle played junior hockey so that was yeah, fun, I don't know. but um, or double Dion I love watching him with uh, the Calgary Hitman I think who's fun enough played for but yeah he always likes to make sure everybody knows look at John Tavares former London Knight like we get it Pierre we he would be unreal fuck. at hockey trivia oh yeah I think most of those guys would true yeah um. Yeah, I want to talk about the schedule for a second here. Uh, the last time that we won a game by more than two goals – by more than one goal, excuse me, was – I just had it, and now I'm, like, just having a stroke here trying to find it. Uh, November 24th. So it's been a while. A lot of these games are one-goal games, and we talk about – I talk about, emphasize it a lot, that their third-period defense, the, uh, you know, sit back in your own zone, dump a trace is, like, so boring and it never works. Uh, that's got to change. Upcoming schedule, though. We got the Predators, uh, the Blues, the Avs, and then the Isles again. So, um, I think we'll probably go 500 through those four games, and we're still in a playoff spot. Like, we're getting closer and closer to halfway through the year where – Colorado's looking sluggish already. They are. They're going to turn it on, though, right? There's no way they don't. I mean, you ha- they have to. If you if – you, I mean, I just watched the replays from last night to see what fucking Darren Helm did. That's got to have McKinnon sitting there going, okay, now I got to do shit. If Darren what Helm did he do? I didn't it, see it. Oh, he had a fucking unreal goal. He made a fucking, like, spin on the goalie right at the crease. It fucking tucked it. Yeah, it was a nice goal. I've been so bad about watching highlights. And, the only, and you know why he scored? It wasn't a fucking breakaway. Sure, I love you, Darren like- Helm, but Darren Helm would be a Hockey Hall of Famer if he could have capitalized on even 35% of his fucking breakaways. Because he had, like, 3,000 breakaways in his career and scored on, like, one of them. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I like Darren Helm, though. Darren Helm's elite. I, I love Darren Helm. Well. I got a pair of his gloves. Oh, that's sick. You know what I want to get really bad is, like, a Red Wings helmet. Like oh, I got one. Size one. Oh, it's so sick. How'd you buy yeah, it? I bought it online. It used to be Eiserman's. Whoa, that's sexy. I don't know that it was um, for long. It, um, it didn't have like a number. It didn't have the number 19 or any Red Wing logos on it, but it did come with a certificate of authenticity. I bought it for like 50 bucks. I've, I've worn it playing hockey. <laughs> Maybe it was like a photo shoot helmet or something like that. Yeah, or like a training camp or something. Um, yeah. I know actually, that, like... I, I noticed. Um... Oh, okay, go on because I got to try to think of something. So keep going with what you were going to say. I was going to say that Detroit in specific, it's really hard to find their um, used equipment, like helmets, jerseys, like other teams you can find it like pretty easily. The teams that like really like lock it down for whatever reason it is. And I'm not really sure why 
is Montreal, Toronto, and Detroit. I don't know if well, it's like an original six thing or what. Detroit has, um, or they used to anyway, have equipment sales. I know a guy that I played with uh, who was a goalie um, years ago bought a, at the end of the year, bought uh, Jimmy Howard's pads, the white with the red, like kind of flames that look like the old Felix Potman pads. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he bought a pair of those, I think. I, mean, I think he bought the whole set for like 700 bucks, which is unbelievable because it's worth thousands if it's NHL fucking material. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I just Googled it, like the Red Wings equipment sale. I don't see anything right now. Well, like, they may have not have had it because of COVID. But, I, again, I know yeah. that was a few years ago. The only thing that you can find, like, really easily are, like, the Hockey Fights Cancer jerseys because, like, that's, like, a league-wide thing. Like, Calvin, yeah. Calvin Pickard's jersey is going for, like, 350 right now. Signed, too. But uh, we- okay, so Raymond was um, wearing Madison Bowie's gloves. Yes. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah. Madison. And I guess now he's got his own pair, but yeah, some, somebody had uh, put a screenshot from TV and it said Bowie right on his gloves. <laughs> yeah. I just thought kid didn't even get his own fucking gloves. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if that's like part of the reason why, like we thought he wasn't going to make the team is because he didn't have his own fucking equipment. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's um, doing, he's doing, he's got fucking Madison. doesn't have Madison Bowie's stone fucking hands at least. True. I uh, remember when uh, when I got the Helm gloves. Um, I bought a pair of Darren Helm's glove, game used gloves, and uh, my buddy was like, "Yeah, should have got his fucking skates because his hands are rocks." <laughs> yeah, for real. I'm looking at eBay. A pair of Anthony Mantha gloves that are autographed are going for two twenty five. Wow, that's that seems like really pricey, but yeah, I don't know. I, I do want to pick up some like nice Red Wings like. Merch, especially because like we're the pod now, I want to like build a little bit of an office around that kind of stuff. But um, I'm sure there'll be a time and place for that. Do you yeah. want to talk? You know to- what? Not even that bad because I um on eBay you can find it. Um, Neckle fucking Windsor Spitfire jersey. Somebody wants like 500 bucks for. What the fuck? No. And way, it's dude. a it's a practice jersey. It's not even a fucking game jersey. It's probably so, I mean, he Neckle wore it, it, but um <laughs> he wore it, but only for practice. And then uh, yeah. Shuts out, Kyle, though. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do the um, the uh, Hall of Fame inductee class, and then we'll uh, wrap it up? Uh, yeah, sounds good. Uh, so we were talking, everybody, uh, you know, Evan and I were talking, just trying to think of, uh, you know, who might be in the Hall of Fame next year. Um, so the people that will be newly eligible um, – oh. Okay. Uh, along with two of his teammates, uh, Daniel and Henrik. Yeah. Okay. I'm who a lot of people right believe are the are locks, the Sedins. Um, I mean, they won almost every award they could. Um, however, never getting the big one. Um, I don't think that would keep them out. I think it will keep Luongo out. That Luongo never won a Stanley Cup. Um, but you know, two All Star teams. Uh, or uh, sorry, six all-star games, Mark Messier leadership award, a Jennings trophy. Uh, he's won a gold medal with Canada. He finished top 10 in Vezina trophy voting nine times. Did he win a Vezina? Uh, yeah. No. Okay. No. That's kind of surprising. I thought he'd like sneak one in there. Yeah, no, he never won a Stanley Cup or a Vezina. Uh, he came close, obviously, but I uh, didn't. Um, and then other new guys, uh, Zetterberg. Yep. Who, who I think Zetterberg has to be a lock. Zetterberg was a captain of an original six team, and he's also a Stanley Cup winner, and he won a Smythe Trophy. Get get out if that doesn't put him in the in the Hall of Fame. Like you can't put. I'm sorry, nothing against the Sedins or Luongo, but Zetterberg d- did more in his career. Uh, you know, um, like I said, fucking Smythe Trophy winner, and yeah, he turned it on in the postseason. Like he was dominant in the playoffs. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So uh, also eligible, sorry, this year is um, Rick Nash for the very first time. Yeah. Who, uh, a two time Olympic gold medalist. Um, but, uh, he, you know, okay. Uh, yeah, he never won anything. But what he did for that Columbus team, I think, puts him in the Hall of Fame. He's their first ever star. He's probably their best player ever. Um, over a thousand games, uh, for the blue jackets, 
Um, he's their leading goal scorer. Uh, Maurice Rocket, yeah, Maurice Rocket Richard Trophy, um, which he won in 04. Like, and, and like I said, be, because he was with an expansion franchise and what he did to have them now, like to where they are now, is is owed a great deal to Rick Nash. Yeah, a million percent. Uh, I think I'm, I'm reading an article right now. Um, yeah, I think I agree. Daniel and Henrik are locked. It looks like Carolina Ouellette is also probably going to be a lock. That's cool. Good to see that. Um, Danny Alfredson, the Red Wings legend, he will probably get in. Um, Luongo looks like uh, he's going to yeah, get in. Yeah, Alfredson, uh, Listen, you, they can't, I don't think that fucking, they can put anybody else in that fucking Hall of Fame right now before Alexander McGillney goes in the fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, McGillney's got to get in. I'm like, surprised he's not already in. He's the first ever uh, Soviet player to defect. Um, scored 76 goals his rookie season, tied with Solani. Um, I mean, he was the first ever European captain in league history. Um and when it's all said and done, six All-Stars, um, over 1,000 points, uh, triple gold club. He won a world championship and a Stanley Cup and Olympic gold. Uh, he also won a world junior championship. <sighs> Why the fuck that guy's not in the Hall of Fame, Jess? That's stupid. If they put anybody uh, in and he doesn't get in, they're dumb. Um, I also think um, Zetterberg has to be in. Um, and JR, too. Yeah, JR needs to get in. Uh, he was another one on my list. Um Tom Barrasso, man. I know goalies don't go in very often, but Barrasso's got two Stanley Cups. He he won a Vezina. He won a Jennings. He won Rookie of the Year, and he won an Olympic silver medal in 02 with the United States. <laughs> How's that not in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. How many goalies win Rookie of the Year? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, he'd be cool. kind of before your time, but uh, yeah. Young, youngest, so youngest, also the youngest player to ever win Rookie of the Year is Tom Barrasso. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, some of the other names that will get in, probably not this year, but uh, 2023, 2024, Shane Doan, uh, Patrick Eliash, Theo Fleury. I'm surprised he's not in. Sergey Gonchar. Uh, Fleury, I think, is going to have a tough time because of his whole anti-vax status now. Makes I him have look no like idea. Kind of a wacko. Oh, is yeah. He really? he's, he's If you look at his Twitter, he's fucking just going nuts. Uh, I man. love the guy. I absolutely love him. Um, from Best everything that he did. Time. That's what best goal celebration of all time. Yeah. If you want to say Skating that. The uh, knees. Yeah. Yakupov <laughs> did the same thing. And yes, he did. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I love flurry and everything that flurry did. Um, I don't, uh, I don't know if you've ever uh, read his book. I highly suggest it. He talks about being so down and depressed the one night. And I mean, you know, all, all the, about the sexual, uh, his, like the sexual yeah. assault, right. He was so down and out. Uh, one time he talks about in his book that he was, um, he was at his house in Arizona and he had 500 bucks cash in his pocket and he went to a pawn shop at like one in the morning and he bought a gun and one bullet. Oh, and he went back home and he sat at his desk with the gun in his mouth and a bottle of whiskey. And he said, he, he said that just for like eight or 10 hours, the gun, just the metal of the gun just clanked between his teeth as he tried to work up the courage to pull the trigger. And, uh, the phone rang and he thought it would be one of his family members and he didn't want to answer it. And it rang again. He decided to pick it up and uh, he said, yeah. And it was uh, Wayne Gretzky saying, Hey Theo, it's Wayne. I want you on team Canada next year in the Olympics. And Theo said, well, that's it. I put the fucking gun down because Wayne Gretzky wants me to play hockey for him. Like there's no bigger accomplishment than that. He goes, I, I needed to live to do that. That is an unreal story. Yeah, and he almost didn't answer the phone, right? Like, pfft. wow, that's powerful, man. That's cool. Yeah, and then I mean the way he played and uh, the fucking. I remember somebody cheap shot at Theo Fleury, and Gretzky was going berserk after that game in the O2 Olympics, and uh, somebody was like, "Oh, Gretzky, you're really upset," and he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "If it was a fucking Canadian player that did that, we'd be called. We'd be thrown out of the tournament." He goes, nobody, nobody, we don't hate, Canadians don't hate any other countries as much as they hate us. And, and then somebody's like, you seem pretty hot. And he's like, yeah, you're fucking right. I'm hot. I'm tired of people taking shots at Canada hockey. And I just thought, this is, this is a guy you want behind you. 
Like, and, oh, and, yeah. and, and also when Gretzky gets fired up like that, which he never does, Rare, people are yeah. going to stop and be like, shit's going yeah, on if listen. Gretzky's getting roared up like this. I wonder how he was as a coach, like behind the scenes. Uh, from what I've heard, from what I've heard, not very good. Um, but I mean, you would think that he never ever had to be coached. So would he make a good coach? You know what I mean? Yeah, this is the whole debate. He was an uncoachable player. That's exactly what it is. Like Michael Jordan and Wayne Gretzky aren't good coaches because they can't relate to the average player. Like they don't know, you know, like they're just used to the game coming so easy to them. Um, I do want to do this super quick and then we can wrap up because this is interesting. What's like your top three or four, um, if you could meet them people in, in like the hockey world? Oh, um, go with yours. Well, I think first, uh, Wayne Gretzky, probably number four, uh, three would be JR. Honestly, two would probably be like Pavel or one of the Russian five guys. I yeah. really maybe maybe Larianov and then one would be Steve Eisman. Yeah. Because uh, I want to know about like what like Now are you just wanting to, are you are we going at wanting to meet them or like we get to meet them and fucking sit down and have dinner with them and talk or something. Have a beer, yeah, yeah. Have okay, a beer. Okay. And it's unfiltered too, but you also can't say anything after you guys are done hanging out. That's, yeah, that's a you private sign a fucking non-disclosure and Yeah. Because I, you know that Eiserman has some just absolutely bonker stories that like he'll he'll never open up with. Oh yeah. Um, and then Wayne would just be legendary because it's fucking Wayne Gretzky, like the one of the greatest athletes of all time, and like he's such a legend, such a humble dude. Be so yeah, cool. Wayne would be one of them. Um, I had a beer with his late father Walter about twelve years ago, uh, maybe oh. eight, eight or nine years ago. He used to. Dude, he was, like, driving through Windsor, and me and my buddies were out at the sports bar. Uh, shout out to uh, former Dirty Jerseys uh, here in Windsor. Uh, and we were, we were there was, like, maybe, I don't know, five or six of us, and we were kind of just hanging out. And and it was, like, a Friday night, and my buddy's like, hey, look who just walked in. And I'm like, that's not. And he's like, it is, bro, it is. And my other buddy's like, who was coming from the bathroom, and he's like, dude, Walter Gretzky's here. And we went over fucking, he bought us a, eat all a beer. We had, a, we got a picture. Wow. I don't have the picture anymore, but, but it was like, dude, he just would stop at places as he was traveling through Canadian cities and be like, Hey, I'm here. If anybody wants to talk with me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? Who I also, I want to change one of my answers. I want to meet Del Vecchio. He just turned 90 uh, yeah. yesterday. He's probably got small. He seems like such a like upbeat nice dude just like wants to you know be one of the boys kind of guys so that, that's that'd be yeah super cool. yeah wayne would definitely be uh one for me i have met eiserman before i would like to sit down and have a fucking beer with him that'd be a whole different story um what's he like in person he's just uh just like a quiet you know conserved guy you know what you would expect yeah it kind of controls the room like when he wants to yeah i met him while he was still playing um years ago when he was still playing for the Red Wings. I met him in Tampa, but uh, yeah, he was a good guy. And, uh, but yeah, I definitely like to, you know, more than just, Oh, hi, Mr. Eisman. How are you? Uh, yeah. Nick Lindstrom would be another one. Oh um, yeah. Oh, Chelios too. would be awesome. Oh, see, I've had beers with Chelios, man. Chelios is a fucking animal. I love he that gets guy. After, right? Oh, fuck. Does he ever, um, <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, uh, Bobby Orr, I've 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 met before and uh, heard some That's stories cool. from him. Uh, I you got his rookie card. Yeah, yeah, I got a couple autographs from him. Uh, my stepmother's uh, stepmother is uh, good friends with him actually because they're from my step family's from uh, Boston, and uh, my we'll say my grandmother. She used to do a lot of uh, charity work uh, and with the with a lot of different charities in Boston and Bobby Orr was like always there. Like he'd always be doing charity work. So she became actually very good friends with Bobby. I think they still call each other. <laughs> That's super cool. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you seen the cup before? Oh yeah. I've never seen the cup. Oh, I've touched it. Probably, oh. probably should have done that when I was a little kid, but eh, I wasn't That's very like good. At, I wasn't very good at hockey anyway. I'd love that. My dream, it would be to drink out of it. Oh yeah. Um, at my dream really also would be to lift it, but that is one thing that is an absolute no no unless you have won it. Right. Yeah. Like if you're at a party, they'll let you drink from it, but you can't lift it up over your head. I think Patrick Waugh it was one of the Avalanche players, like when they won the cup in the late nineties. 
but they're telling a story. I think it was used for like one of the NHL commercials, like about going to the playoffs sort of thing. But like they say that the cup weighs nothing when you pick it up. It just, Oh yeah. Like a feather. It's 35 <laughs> pounds. And yeah, it's, it's light as a feather. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, hopefully if this pod keeps going, we'll get uh Vladdy <laughs> to get us into a cup party. Get who? Cup. <laughs> Fly to Mexico. Oh yeah. L- yeah. Liking our, looking our uh, Instagram post. Shout out to him. He's playing great hockey too, by the way. Yeah, or maybe St. Louis wins it, and uh, my boy Cammy Jansen. Shout out to Cam. Cam, uh, <laughs> Cam gives us a holler down to St. Louis. Uh, yeah, big shout out to Cam Jansen, who I went to high school with. Uh, I actually caught up with him uh, over text for uh, a little bit uh, this weekend. Uh, I had sent him a message, not thinking that he wouldn't reply, and he did. And he was like, ah, "I love talking to my boys from back in the day." Fuck it, you know, it was, awesome. it was fun, and I was like, "Bro, he's just..." Uh, I I won't say anything else on there. Uh, I got something else I'll tell you, but. Yeah, for sure. Not fair. Uh, but yeah, huge shout out to uh, Cam, um, who's a former teammate of uh, one of our former guests, Kyle Nechtel, who uh, I don't see why we wouldn't get Kyle on. Uh, I actually, there have been people, um, not like recently, but some people did uh, you know, message in things that they just wanted to know about, you know, junior hockey. Um, oh, yeah. Which would be, and I mean, Kyle, you know, Kyle, who's a very good friend of mine, uh, you know, we could have him come on. Uh, anytime basically and you know just spit questions at him he's been around the game a long time he played the game at super high professional levels and uh you know he's been around you know like like anybody that heard his interview you know fuck it he taught uh josh bailey uh bobby ryan you know cam jansen steve downey guys like that you know yeah it's super cool for guys like me who like relatively new to like juniors because like as an american i didn't grow up like caring about juniors you know it's like that's like a world away but now that like i'm super into hockey and like you know following the red wings like tooth and nail it's cool to hear about like you know guys before they became stars in the league so definitely cool yeah we we gotta get kyle back on again yeah for sure um what was the other thing oh do you um because you're friends do you ever watch uh shameless yeah uh, I think it's the, in the first season. Uh, I can't even remember what the oldest girl's name is. Fiona or something. Fiona, yeah. She works at like the arena. I haven't watched that show. Since okay, I think it's in the first season. The only thing I remember, the only reason I remember it, because I think she worked like concessions at it, and she was like, "Oh, there's a hockey game tonight," and they showed a hockey game, and it was a uh, Guelph Storm and I think Saginaw, both OHL teams, and I'm like, "That's funny. Why the fuck are they playing in Chicago?" They're in Chicago, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's obviously just a, a game clip that they got and they threw into the episode. Super funny story about Shameless, super quick. Uh, Shameless is filmed like on the south side of Chicago. If you know anything about Chicago, you know like, the south side is like basically a war zone. Yeah. Uh, when Shameless was like was at its peak, so like 2018, 2017, people like white girls from the suburbs would go to the Shameless house to take pictures. And I'm pretty sure... Did their ass kicked? <laughs> no, n- nothing oh. ever happened, which is shocking. But to paint a picture here, one of the worst neighborhoods in probably the country is on 75th and uh, I can't think of the crossroad, but it's basically like three or four blocks away from that. So they were like literally in the heart. Oh of, yeah. Yeah. They were in the, the hood, the ghetto. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Yeah. I do like that show. That's a good show. It's a good show. Um, um, any, anything else for you up? Yeah. Just a, a couple things things uh, like around the league. Um, Vander Kane's back at it again. Now evidently, <laughs> whatever it is with pointing a gun at his wife. Um, I'm not going to take her side because she seems like she's fucking a little crazy too. Um, and I mean, she is because she, she accused him of three things already. And the NHL has found that he was innocent of two. The only thing that for sure that is that he faked his vaccine card, which I also thought was a felony. So I'd like to know how he only got a 21 game suspension. Yeah. Good question. It, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure that a fake vaccine card right now is a felony. So how he get either way um oh we had their jersey winner who was uh who's been contacted uh kyle from instagram uh he won the contest uh we will have more contests so keep checking our instagram uh kyle did win a uh detroit red wings reverse retro jersey so yeah just keep uh keep on the instagram and uh you'll you know you'll see more of those um also uh the detroit police ruled mattis kivleniak's uh death uh an accident um the tragic uh, loss of the columbus blue jackets goaltender um and malcolm suban was traded um to buffalo and i saw a quote actually i think yesterday from alex tuck 
saying that Malcolm was his best friend when they were both in Vegas. And he said that when he heard Malcolm was on his way to Buffalo, Tuck was very excited and thought, yeah, Malcolm's going to fit right in here. So that's cool. It's good to know, you know, when you go somewhere, you got, got a good yeah. boy waiting. Especially that you're going good. somewhere like Buffalo where it's going to be like, oh, man, like no offense to Buffalo, but I, I don't think you're the greatest city and you're not the greatest hockey team. So Malcolm was probably a little down, but then he goes, gets Alex Tuck back. So uh, the other thing is the big fucking payday for Jack Hughes, eh? Uh, eight by eight. Is that what it was? Yeah. Now, uh, is, to- is oh, Capo Caco worth eight? Kevin Kako is worth a third round pick right now. No, but is he worth eight million bucks? So he's, so, but I mean, I'm I'm hearing that Kako is not going to sign with the Rangers for less than like nine nine point five. I don't think you're getting that, buddy. That is potentially the dumbest thing I've heard since the rebuild's over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he he's worth a league minimum. As of right now, he does he, he's not good at hockey. Yeah. No, he hasn't. Uh, I don't even. Yeah. Again, gonna... no, that that's a guy. Give him like one or two more years once he gets off that ELC and signs for not nine and a half, more like uh, two point five three. Hey, he's I got forty eight see... career points. He's better than Stutzel in Lafreniere. In how many games? One hundred twelve. One hundred thirty three. That's true. He's played a, a whole another season. That's right. Yeah, he was so. he was before them. But uh, and then uh, I don't know. Should we? Should I break down that NCAA argument I had with somebody also? Just get just give it a quick rundown or. The NCAA? Yeah, remember oh, the guy the said that you thing? could play and uh, go back? Um, we should save that because that's something that people actually would be interested in hearing about. Okay. And I don't think many people are going to listen to the, like this late in the show, to be honest. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, the only other thing I can think of is um, who, do you th- who do you think um, will be Montreal's next general manager? I, I have no fucking clue. I mean, really- I know they um, – I've heard Luongo. I yeah. um, I don't I don't see Luongo taking his family out of Miami, so I don't think um, Patrick Waugh obviously had I he came out Waugh. and he he came out and said he wanted his name into the hat. Um, and then one that I keep hearing, um, Martin Brodeur. I would say Waugh because he fits the bill better. I yeah, think. but Brodeur has. I mean, Brodeur has management experience at the NHL level. I mean, not to take anything away from Patrick Waugh, who owns and runs a team, but I'm just thinking, yeah, it could be Marty. And Brodeur is a fiery bastard, and you kind of got to have that to be the GM of the Canadians. So does Waugh, so I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it was a fucking firework. Um, Okay, the one more thing was, did you see uh, Adam Larson cross-check Dreisaitl in the fucking head last night? Dude, no, because I got hammered and only watched oh. the Red Wings. Right. Um, well, I didn't watch the game. I saw it on a replay. Was it bad? Um, yeah. Um, actually, I, I thought it was bad. Um, Ryan Whitney t- tweeted out today that he needs uh, – that uh, Larson should get 50-plus. 15-plus games? No, f- 50. 50-plus. 50 oh, it was that bad? He, yeah, he was looking right at Dreisaitl and just grabbed his stick in the cross-check form and just right into the fucking side of the face. The NHL PA, or the NHL safety. Um, yeah, they they would never give out that many games, but I mean, he needs, Larson needs to be suspended for a long fucking time. He really does. That, it was, it was brutal. It, you'll you'll okay? have to look it up. Uh, that's a good question. I didn't hear anything like big time on a, uh... Twitter, Instagram. So I'm assuming he's okay, but who knows? Oh, well, Nurse is, uh, or Darnell Nurse came back first, his first game. Um, yeah, I can't see anything where it says Dry Sidle's injured, but I mean, okay, okay. there's no, there's no place in the game to just take a cross. Like, you know, hitting the guy against the boards and something nasty happens. That's one thing. You, you, Larson knew what the fuck he was doing. Oh, of course. And also, the guy's a, I played on Edmonton last year. Like, what the fuck, man? This guy's got to be your boy. And you're fucking just – and, I mean, he's one of the best players in the fucking game, so something has to get done just basically based on that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm watching the uh, clip right now. Give me one sec to put uh, this word. Oh, what, it, it looks like it's like the butt end of a stick he hits him with. The yeah, yeah, it's fucking nasty. I um, 
And oh. because Dreisaitl, because Dreisaitl is a, a top player, um, uh, a guy that I know, uh, a former Carolina Hurricane, I'll tell you off air um, who it is, but um, he he had told me one time when he was getting suspended um, that uh, he was getting suspended, and I think it was might have been his rookie year. It was also the same rookie year as Tom Wilson. Okay. And um, so this guy that I knew, um, or no, he uh, he was, uh, you know, facing suspension. And Tom Wilson did almost the same thing, but a whole lot dirtier. And Wilson got nothing. And the guy I knew got, I think, three games. And he had asked Shanahan. He said, why? Why, why do I get more than right. Wilson? And Shanahan said to him, um, listen, just take your suspension. It's longer because Wilson's an up-and-coming star in the league and you're not. And that's the problem right there. Yeah. So, and that was, you know, yeah. And that's that was, I problem. mean, you know, that was, we're going back 10, 10 years, when nine he years. Was in charge of, uh, the yeah. Safety. Yeah. yeah. I, but yeah. And I was like, really? He said that? And my buddy was like, yeah, man, that's exactly what he fucking told me in person. He said, listen, just take your suspension because Tom Wilson's up and coming. That's why he didn't get as much. Well, we know that Shannon really wasn't the best player safety. Yeah. One of the nastiest fucking players ever. Yeah, why? Same with George Peros. Like I was like an absolute right. asshole on the ice. Like, how? Why is he in charge of player safety? Sorry, <laughs> yeah. but I, again, I'm maybe because he was a, maybe because he's an Ivy League grad. No, no, there's no <laughs> fucking place for that. I, I, I think that's because so he, he did go to an. Didn't wasn't Peros like Harvard or Yale or something? I honestly have no idea, but just the fact that like they would hire someone. Princeton. Who has a, George Peros went to Princeton. There you go. Just the fact that Batman would let someone like that run an aspect of a business that played like that is just beyond me. It's asinine. Yeah, and you know, the only time I thought the player safety, the, the Department of Player Safety did well was between the time that Shanahan was in charge and when Peros was in charge, when Brian Leach and Stefan Cantel were in charge, who were very clean, good hockey players. Like, Yeah, why did Brian I, Leach step down? Or did someone just get hired above him? Uh, I can't remember what it was, but I mean, yeah, you go to Peros and Peros goes, oh, I did shit way nastier than that. He's this guy only gets two. That's how we, that, that, and I mean, Shanahan too, but Shanahan, you're, you were thinking Shanahan, you're thinking of the fucking nineties. Yeah. You ran through somebody through the boards and you didn't even get a minor penalty. So, you know, how can you give a guy a fucking two game suspension? You know what's wild, man? The, the old, um, offsides rules, looking back at that, like that, this was like a game meant to hurt people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, suicide passes, shit like that, fucking, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. All right, cool, yeah, let's wrap here. Um, I had to go to the bathroom really bad, so I need to, like, wrap this up quickly. <laughs> yep, yep, all right, sounds good. Yeah, I right, talk to you. All right, bye. Bye. Go wings. <laughs>